0: Broadcasting live from a cherished token of a lady's affection, this is Pop Culture Reference, your one-stop reference for all things pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Garrett Strother. And I'm your
1: other host, Seamus Connolly.
0: And today we're going to be breaking down a childhood favorite of both of ours. We mentioned it at the end of the show last week. You thought we were joking. We are not. <laughs> it is we time thought for we the were Apple joking. Dumpling Gang.
1: Yes, it is going to be an absolute time. Like I said, we we were pretty much joking at the time anyway, but there is no better time like the present to dive into a movie that's from a hundred years ago and (laughs) not a ton happens in it, but I'm very excited to get into it with you.
0: This is technically our second installment or like second and a half, like it's like a Lion King (laughs) one and a half situation of... Our Disney Plus uh, Deep Dive series, which we said we were going to start all the way back in like December 2019, and yeah. we did that one Rocketeer episode, then we did the Rocketeer episode again, because that one went so disastrously, um, with the echo and the audio quality issues, and now technic- now we're on our second full one.
1: Yeah, we I truly, I think we've been at least mentioning this in association with Disney Plus for some reason since the very beginning and you guys asked for it we finally broke down we got it we're doing it it's gonna be a blast and it really was i think i had a lot of fun revisiting this because i i remembered 100 percent of nothing about this movie so
0: it was not it was not even like a rewatch for me it was truly like going in fresh it's all the Harry Morgan stands out there that were just <laughs> clamoring for us to cover Apple Dumpling Gang. What do you yeah, guys going to cover Apple Dumpling Gang?
1: Let's go. Finally, all those ladder heads out there. What do you call the Apple Dumpling Gang fan group? <laughs> we'll give you an official uh, release date for our special Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again episode coming soon.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, we do not know what we're doing in three weeks, Seamus. That's a dangerous proposition. Oh, oh my God, it might be. It might be. Okay, let's do news before we move into some of the exact same jokes that we've already been making in our main segment. Once again, real quiet this week, except for a major video game acquisition.
1: Yeah, just today, the news dropped that Sony has bought out and acquired Bungie for $3.6 billion, with a B, dollars. Seamus, what is Bungie? Tell me about them. Well, I mean, famously, Bungie was involved in um, and bought by rival gaming giant Microsoft to develop the original Halo Combat Evolved all the way back in, what was that, 2001? I think so, yeah. Oh, God, ages ago. and. Uh, since then, they've made a lot of other very uh, solid games for both Xbox and PlayStation. Most recently, they've been rolling out consistent update content for Destiny 2 for, like, years now that it's been uh, free to play. But now Sony has scooped them up. Um, I've heard that they have already publicly announced that they're still committed to a multi-platform distribution for their games, but, um, you know, this is definitely just another feather in the cap of Sony after all those other Microsoft acquisitions. Kind of calling it last week, we were both talking about, like, this is probably going to lead to a little Cold War of sorts trying to build up their own arsenals, and this is realistically just another one in a long line of uh, acquisitions before the end of the year. I
0: mean, it's still very early and there's a lot, of, a lot of games to get made. I don't have much to say, I feel like, beyond what my sentiments were last week, if you didn't listen last week, just how bad this is for the consumer, how bad this is for gaming as a whole. Like, Sure, it's good to have competition in terms of like making quality better, but the more and more things get scooped up by these juggernauts, the more inaccessible gaming becomes, and that just is sad. And I know you said that they've said they're committed to a cross-platform mentality, but still, I just, I worry. I
1: felt this one was a lot more of a mild kind of uh, ripple in the gaming industry here compared to the Activision Blizzard one where they kind of only hinted at keeping a time limit on their exclusivity stuff but i just know that with the amount of money that sony could dedicate to a team like this they can they can really put out some quality stuff especially since they've been in my opinion kind of stifling since destiny 2 a game that i didn't really love that much i think it kind of got bogged down in a lot of loot stuff and microtransaction things, but I would like to see the power of money behind a team that I know can put out something like,
0: you know, those early Halo games were just, you know, iconic for a reason. But yeah, that's it for video game news. I'm sure next week uh, uh, Microsoft will buy Nintendo. So uh, so just watch out for that. Um...
1: <laughs> next week we probably actually will have a little bit more to talk about on the video game front. We've got a tease for another PlayStation State of Play Oh. Right in time for them to maybe reveal that PS Now, PS Plus merger, which yeah. has a very slick code name that I am now forgetting, like uh, Project Spartacus or yeah, something. Yeah, Spartacus,
0: that's what it is.
1: But this is all conjecture. We won't know until Wednesday. I, th- I think the highlight is going to be Gran Turismo 7, I, I oh, believe is well, what the announcement Oh, well, you know I'm was, thrilled
0: so. about that. I love Gran Turismo. <laughs> <laughs> Gran Turismo, everybody's favorite PlayStation game. I'd rather play Hot Wheels Unleashed, Seamus.
1: <laughs> uh, th- I I would say more about this specific subject, but I gotta save it for my rec center, Garrett. Oh! I, can't, I can't go there
0: too quickly, Ooh. my friend. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm dying to get to <laughs> well, the end geez. of this episode now. I got. I, can I fast forward in real time just to find out? Uh, this week's uh, rec center is Hot Wheels Unleashed <laughs> on the PlayStation Five. <laughs> no, we gotta we gotta make it through our. Our main segment and our reference. So why don't we go ahead? If I knew any of the lyrics to the Apple Dumpling Gang theme, I would speak them aloud now. But I don't. So just pretend that I do, and that's our transition. <laughs> you to, can't.
1: You to... can't hit him with the with the. They're called the Apple Dumpling Gang. I guess there you go.
0: There you go. Now fade out. Fade I out. think it's
1: this week's main segment is the Disney classic. The Apple Dumpling Gang, 1970,
0: 1970, right? It is 1975. You are, 1975. You are far off, yeah.
1: far off. A timeless classic, nonetheless. Uh, you kind of t- talked about it up top. This is a, this is like a childhood uh, thing for us both, actually. Separately, again, our lives intertwining like they always do, and. I thought it was an absolute joy to watch again. You know, I have seen it on there when I when we first got Disney Plus when it first dropped. I that was definitely it's been on my list forever, and I I had a great time rewatching it. What what about you? What are
0: some spoiler-free thoughts about this classic? Well, it's hard to talk about the Apple Dumpling Gang without talking about spoilers because it's just such a wild minecart ride of a time. Um, <laughs> but I mean. Obviously, I think you and I are both carrying a lot of nostalgia into this one, so it's not. Oh, it's, it's yeah. not like, we're not discussing it as a, as a film. We're discussing it as um, a cowboy movie that we both liked when we were kids. <laughs> um, I was actually pretty pleasantly surprised by the quality coming to this one. I mean, the cast, of course, is just fantastic. If we want to run it down, we've got Bill Bixby in the lead role, his love interest is Susan Clark. But really, who shines here is the supporting cast, which uh, Slim Pickens is a wonderful bad guy who dresses up as a reverend. Uh, Harry Morgan, who we mentioned up top, uh, best known for his roles in a lot of other serious Westerns, uh, like the Oxbow incident. And, of course, uh, Colonel Potter on M.A.S.H. John McGiver, who you and I both didn't realize was the voice of the mayor from Twas the Night Before Christmas. Another weird, deep (laughs) hole. And finally, of course, the comedic geniuses, Don Knotts and Tim Conway, who are single-handedly elevating this movie way beyond what it is.
1: Yeah, the real stars of this film.
0: Those those boys
1: really are... Maybe the only very slim
0: memories that I had of this movie was just of them two. I think it's a fun time. I think... If there's any kid that you know that's into cowboys, this is a good movie to show him. I always had a great affinity for it. I loved Don Knotts when I was a kid because, you know, all eight-year-olds growing up in 2006 really loved Don Knotts. <laughs> he he is a timeless comedian. I don't know. I I think anybody anywhere could, could love that man. He's wonderful. He really, really is. He's really funny. And he and Tim Conway have fantastic chemistry in this. Mm-hmm. And you and I kept saying to each other, how much of this were they just coming up with themselves?
1: <laughs> what a loose structure for a movie it really is. I think they really, they uh, had to fill some good time and they they made that extra time a lot more colorful and it was it worked out so well.
0: Yeah, because it's Bill Bixby is a degenerate gambler who thinks he's taking care of valuables when he agrees to take charge of a new arrival coming into town, but it turns out to be three children. Who immediately tries to sell into slavery, uh, but reluctantly (laughs) becomes uh, a father figure to them.
1: Really, now that we're getting into it, he earns no part of any of the affection (laughs) that he gains in this movie. Between uh, the woman that he ends up with and the children that he suddenly is the father to, he's like a bad person from start to finish, and they're just like... Mr. Donovan, you just, you, you can't do no wrong. You can take me to the bathroom and you're going to
0: be my new dad. It's great. I guess this is spoilers for the Apple yeah, Dumpling Gang. I, the only thing that he really does that I feel like is really actually, like, showing that he's a better man than the other people in the town is when the kids find gold in their old mine that's their only inheritance. Uh, He is the only one that's not trying to directly exploit them. Like, he cares about their well-being and isn't trying to steal all their money. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Every I guess, like, comparatively, everybody else in this town is kind of a scumbag, except for the barber, sheriff, judge, uh, tailor,
0: surgeon, dentist guy. <laughs> what a great character in this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. they were just having so much fun. Right. I mean, he's really good, and that's that's Harry Morgan, uh, who is, of course, the best.
1: Yeah, I, I loved uh, all of his weirdly threatening... Scenes, which is, I guess, most of his bigger lines are like, threatening execution to people for, like, wronging people in his town, which the law seems insanely arbitrary in this town, if I'm being honest. I I don't know what do. It's just his own whims. Like, it's whatever (laughs)
0: he's feeling, I think, is the law in the town. One of the rules that he listed that
1: would get him executed was, like, going back on a deal
0: with a man or whatever. (laughs) It's like, that's not technically illegal. you Are gonna execute me for that? Yeah, there's lots of stuff that I did not catch when I was six or seven in this movie that we did catch last night watching it, including that threat where he says he's going to something about like a hemp rope or something like implying he's going to hang him. He calls it like a hemp party, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: And we're just like, oh, my God, that is like a brutal threat, though. You know, veiled enough for children, but he's like clutching his neck after that.
0: And not to mention, there's a lot of prostitution going on in this movie. Just, just, oh, yeah, whole in the background bunch. for sure. Yeah. Smoking, drinking.
1: Yeah, he's smoking a big old cigar most of the movie. Uh, a lot of the set pieces are in the saloon where they're playing poker. Definitely a very cowboy thing for a G-rated movie. You know, a lot of G-rated things would be considered very different these days, but...
0: Well, just think, this same year, there was a PG movie that you might be familiar with called Jaws. Holy crap, Jaws is PG? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That movie's brutal. Yeah, you know, things were different back in the day, Seamus, you know.
1: That's fair, that's fair. Only one person gets kinda shot in this movie, which, you know, again, I... Probably as a kid was one of the reasons that I was more than likely just like doing something else while this movie was on because there's like guns, but they just like show them, (laughs) you know, there's a good bit where a gun falls apart,
0: but no one's ever really in like a
1: real gunfight.
0: I mean, I adore the joke that Amos and Theodore Don Knotts and Tim Conway are too poor to afford bullets, (laughs) so they just carry around guns that don't have any bullets in them. (laughs)
1: <laughs> truly truly inspiring and that like butch cassidy and the sundance kid standoff talk where they're like they're coming we're gonna hold our ground this is the end of the gang i love you brother go out in a place of glory it's and so it's funny. the little kids yeah it's so it's funny the little
0: kids just sneaking up on them i think the standout sequence in this film obviously is them trying to get a ladder out of a fire station. <laughs> yeah. While there is a sleeping dog and fireman that they're constantly stepping over.
1: Truly some of the best physical comedy. Good good lord, it was very funny.
0: It's like stepping kid-ness. over him almost It's tri- impressive. Truly
1: it is. It it is very impressive and it could be funny and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this movie again sometime and it's still gonna make me laugh out loud like it did the other day. Almost dropping it on the sleeping guy's head, accidentally putting it through another hut and like casually leaning on it <laughs> as Donovan walks by.
0: Like that was hilarious. Really, really good stuff. And I remembered them being in it more, frankly. Oh yeah, um... me too. Because I think when I was a kid, I remember there being a lot. Like at the end of the movie, I was like, "Yeah, they're a family now. They went through so much together." <laughs> family, <And I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, <laughs> at the end of uh, Fast Ten, Dom is like, "You know, I feel like we we always have this this corona and this barbecue chicken, but I really I really wish that uh that we had some dessert." <laughs> and then you hear from the corner, "Uh, Mr. Toretto, I gotta go." That's right. The Apple Dumpling Gang has entered the Fast and the Furious Cinematic Universe. Oh my universe. god.
1: Fast X Dumpling Gang. Here we go. <laughs> two Apple, two Dumpling. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Just like a, a CGI zombie Don Knotts is the bad guy. He has the nugget of gold. Oh,
0: uh, No. No. <laughs>
1: uh they are the de facto bad guys for most i mean uh, although incompetent they are trying to rob these children until these children
0: just give them the gold give them the gold yeah slim pickens about halfway through the movie they're like oh yeah slim pickens uh he's the real bad guy but uh, don't you, worry you about didn't it
1: even reali- you didn't even realize that that was their old gang leader that they talk about in the beginning of the movie until like the very end because yeah because I, I have
0: mean... no media literacy Seamus. uh i do not know how to watch a movie Again, making me wonder why I was watching this so young. I would have fully—it
1: would have been like watching a wall to me. I would have not picked up a single thing. Still, absolutely entertaining. Throwing a bucket of water on Don head. Get out of here. That's classic comedy. But I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be making much sense of anything else.
0: I did not remember the entire sequence at the end, where the fire wagon goes into a roaring river, and Bill Bixby and yeah. Slim Pickens. Are just absolutely wailing on each other. <laughs> yeah, just have a Indiana Jones style walloping
1: fist fight on this on this carriage going down the river. He beats Slim Pickens until he is pretty much unconscious and drags him through a river to get arrested.
0: Good guy Bill Bixby, good guy Donovan. He does save him. Slim Pickens falls out the bad right yes of and course. he throws him the fire hose and reels him in he keeps he saves him from drowning
1: puts him in jail does he show up in the second one i i truly can't remember the no, second one there's either
0: literally the only characters in the second film uh that return are Amos and Theodore harry morgan is in the second film but he's playing an entirely different character no
1: what that's weird okay
0: and I remember being as a kid being very distinctly disappointed with uh, the Apple Dumpling Gang rides again, waiting the entire time for app uh, for the rest of the Apple Dumpling Gang to show up, and then because they have like one line at the beginning where they're like, "Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's, we had to leave the kids back at the ranch." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good,
1: by the way. Thank you, thank you. We vaguely talked about this like a true, a true legacy sequel or a reboot of the <laughs> Apple Dumpling Gang. I think we were talking about
0: Joel Cohen's Apple Dumpling Gang.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love it. I would I truly would. I I know less and less like kid actors every year, so I really don't know
0: who would be Um I Noah Jupe is the old one. That's what I got for you. That's Who is who it, that? Noah Jupe. Um he was in Ford v Ferrari. He's the son from Quiet Place and no sudden Okay. Move. Sure, 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 sure. That's your oldest kid in Joel Cohen's Apple Dumpling Gang.
1: Is Joel Cohen even gonna be funny with this? I want Charlie Day to be like in the in one of the bumbling boy roles. I I no, I think this is like their True
0: Grit. I think it's like it gets real. It gets it's real serious. (laughs) It's (laughs) okay. Okay. Um, uh, you get Javier Bardem. He's the Slim Pickens role, so he brings some real gravitas in, right?
1: Doesn't he have a leg brace in No Country for Old Men, or am I crazy?
0: I've seen that movie once.
1: I think, isn't he like a lumbering, limping guy in that? I could be fully misremembered.
0: He does have a limp, that's for sure. But I think that's maybe just at the end after, after well, I, we, we don't need to spoil No Country for Old Men. Um, <laughs> right, 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 right. John Malkovich is the Harry Morgan role. Like, just absolutely going nuts. Um, <laughs> hell yeah. Like, hell they're yeah. really leaning into how unhinged this guy is and how he is the law. Uh, Using his gun as a gavel. George Clooney could either be like you could go oh brother, and he could be the Don Knotts role, or you could go George Clooney in like Mr. Fox, a little bit more level-headed, and he could be like the Bill Bixby role. Oh, very true, very true.
1: And weirdly enough, that guy's got range. He's a he's an all right actor, isn't he? That George Clooney. That
0: George Clooney. Yeah, he's gonna go (laughs) far, I think. Oh, we'll keep an eye on that young man. Ooh, you know, no, no, no. It's Alden Ironreich Alden Ironreich is Bill Bixby, I think.
1: Oh, interesting, interesting. Slap a slap a cowboy hat on that man.
0: They the Coens already did In Hail Caesar, so. Oh wow! I did not see that movie. I really need to see that movie too. So George Clooney's Don Knotts, which means he needs a funny guy. Which I'm trying. I'm going. I'm going through my Cohen Rolodex. <laughs> John Goodman. I mean, yes, please. I mean, I mean, that sounds good to me. Mm, Well. Hmm. I've been waiting for this reteam for a long time, and I think maybe this is the time. I think Scratch, John Goodman, <sighs> Nick Cage. Wow, that would be a. And
1: you want this to be less funny? That sounds absolutely hysterical. That sounds like they could be electric on screen together. Well, They
0: have to be the. They're still the comic relief, obviously, Amos and Theodore. But, you know, it's got to be. It's got to be serious. You're gonna. Bill Bixby's gonna have one leg. Um, I think he maybe got cut off in the war. I don't know what year is this supposed to be. We don't know. It's Um, post
1: civil war. I think there's like an old dusty Confederate uniform in in the bad guy gang.
0: They don't talk about the war at all though.
1: Weird weird how that is in that family comedy (laughs) (laughs) should talk about the civil war. One of the other standout moments or standout sequences in this, um, movie uh, definitely another moment of I definitely didn't pick up on this as a kid when she's angry about the bed frame getting. Oh by, yeah, marches into the tavern and just starts wailing on him like real bad for a full misunderstanding. Uh, which honestly, uh, the way they write that punchline at the end too, very funny, very well done as. As much as the physicality of everything was really doing it for me comedy-wise, just the simple punchline at the end of just walking away from it all was uh, very, very funny. I I thought that was great.
0: I mean, this movie is not a a revelation. It is a 70s family comedy with (laughs) better-than-average physical comedy, and that is about it. But if we're talking about... I think the one part where it does fall down for me is the kids are not good actors, but I do wish they'd been in it more. They have very little agency... Uh, Like, after Hmm. they find the gold, they're pretty much just, like, out of the movie.
1: I was going to, yeah, I noticed how we haven't talked about them at all because they don't really do much. They're a device to make Donovan do other things,
0: more or less. Which is fine. You know, that's how this thing kind of goes. I'm
1: sure. It's like you said, it's a 1975 Disney comedy. The little girl was adorable and she's so cute. She, She
0: does such a good job. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's exactly what they needed to be mischievous enough
0: to go into the mine and cute enough afterward to be fun on screen. And that's exactly what they. The banker who, we mentioned John McGiver earlier, who is just incompetent and selfish, and he's always playing poker with uh with Bill Bixby. I think that's a good time.
1: Colonel Sanders guy, the father of uh, the leading lady whose character name I've fully Dust- forgotten. Dusty.
0: Uh, Dusty,
1: of course, of course. Dusty's dad who's just getting shwasted the whole movie, just like taking shots
0: during a gunfight. Like, hell yeah, he's getting it. Yeah, I mean, this movie is is fun. We watched it with one of our friends, Fritz, who I think, who who did not know it before <laughs> and was like, well, that was certainly a way to spend two hours. And um, so would I recommend this movie to somebody who's never seen it? No, unless you're like under the age of nine. Because I don't think there's anything super problematic in it. There's a ill place to gong a musical cue when they run through oh, the Chinese yeah. laundry neighborhood. But that's about it. That is it. fair.
1: Truly less problematic than I thought it would be, even though I think they put up that little warning, that Disney Plus warning yes, up at yes, the top too.
0: Dusty, even though she settles down and gets married, you know, she wants that. They show us that, that she's been forced into this role by her father and that she does want to have a family. And I think, you know, she's still being a strong-headed, fierce woman right mm-hmm. till till the end, even when she's in her pretty wedding dress. And so I think that, you know, that part of it hasn't aged really that poorly because it is a it's a love story, really. At the end of the day, this. Oh movie. yeah. Like the kids are cute enough. There's no depiction really of native people, which is probably for the best. Um, there was that s-
1: one guy's wife who would maybe was maybe something like that. Yeah, she no, really... yeah, she was
0: clearly supposed to be native, but it didn't seem like like she and the guy were just married. It didn't seem like there was any kind of weirdness there. There were no weird yeah, jokes it about it. There was the, there was the bandito guy. There was the in the, in the, in the <laughs> yeah the, the bad guy gang is um an ex confederate slim pickets in a reverend uniform another guy and a guy who's actually appeared to be hispanic i don't know if he was or not yeah, I um mean,
1: banditos were in gangs back then i suppose yeah. but it is just like that funny stereotypical like all right we got one of each guy in the bad guy gang and now we can go into the town Rewatching the apple dumpling gang in the year of our lord 2022
0: <laughs> how many people have watched the apple dumpling gang this year do you think I would love the Disney Plus wrap-up stats on that. Your most obscure movie viewing. I could check if it's my most obscure movie viewing on Letterboxd. I could do that. Ooh, um, I
1: forgot to. I forgot to do my Letterboxd stuff. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah,
0: of course. I we we gotta pl- Do I have to plug it every week, Seamus? Do I have to say, Seamus, log your Letterboxd? Oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. It is my most obscure film watched this year of the. Uh, so far nice. in January, I've watched 23 films, Holy and of schmole. those 23 films, it, the Apple Dumpling Gang is the most obscure. So,
1: well, it's a good one. Let's let's see if we can hold that throne, pedestal place for the Apple Dumpling Gang for as long as we can. Until until we watch the second one, and then it's gonna get bumped. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which somehow has like the same average rating on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and Letterboxd and all those, which I remember being so much worse.
1: I am honestly expecting it to be so much better, Garrett, and maybe that's just because the—I don't know—it's the best part of the movie expanded on, and and that's probably what they were thinking too into making a terrible sequel. So we'll see how it goes.
0: We will, in fact, see how it goes. Um, I think we are like just running absolutely on fumes <laughs> right now. Oh yeah, I'm trying to think if
1: there—I don't think there's literally anything else that i can bring up about the apple dumpling gang it's a funny it's a funny movie i agree with your sentiment that it's like maybe not the easiest pitch for anybody that doesn't already have a nostalgic attachment to it but if you do and you haven't seen it in like 15 years then it's it's honestly very grand so very good stuff
0: but let's talk about it even more as we move on to our pop culture reference of the episode let's do it
1: This week's pop culture reference is an incredibly niche and very easy-to-miss joke that we caught in this week's main segment viewing, The Apple Dumpling Gang. In The Apple Dumpling Gang, Bill Bixby's character, Russell Donovan, is a frequent poker player. During a hand, he encourages a man to call his raise, and when the man obliges, Donovan says, Now there's a man from Missouri. I hope you can hear the face I made when you listen back to (laughs) Oh, I can. This is a reference to the Missouri State nickname, the Show Me State, implying that the man needs to call Donovan's raise to find out if he
0: truly has a winning hand. One version of the origin of this phrase cites incompetent mine workers from Missouri having to be repeatedly instructed on mine practices, and foremen saying, That man is from Missouri. You'll have to show him. Another legend says that Missouri's U.S. Congressman William Dunkard Van Diver coined the phrase in an 1899 speech at a naval banquet, saying, I come from a state that raises corn and cotton and cockleburrs and Democrats, and frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I am from Missouri. You'll have to show me. Which is quite a speech to be making at a naval banquet, I think. (laughs) Uh, I was also going to say that was beautifully read, sir. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> yeah.
1: When this when this came up in the movie, we both looked at each other like we were crazy because I, yeah, I had never heard any kind of phrasing like that before, but we kind of stumbled on this information uh, today doing prep for the show that this actually has some kind of actual significance.
0: Yeah. Like I knew the phrase show me state with Missouri being a show me state. But mm. I did not track that joke even a little bit. <laughs> um, so I mean, maybe I don't know. I'll have to defer to my parents. maybe they'd understand if they if they watched it out of context. but
1: that definitely the- that definitely seems like a, a parent or a grandparent joke to get if you're you're showing this to the young kids in the in the
0: family. that's definitely something they would pick up on more. There were a handful of things that Donovan said, jokes he made in the Apple Dumpling Gang, that we were like, huh, that was weird and we don't understand it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One, honestly, a call to action. Anybody who can explain the joke where in a hurry Donovan opens a door and a man and a prostitute fall out of it and then uh, in response to the little girl asking who the prostitute was says that she was the president of the garden club couldn't even find a googleable question to find the answer to this so that's definitely up there with uh, a man from
0: missouri with things that went straight over my head but yeah that's our nichest little little <laughs> reference that we've ever done here on this show but it's something that that we didn't understand and we thought you deserved to understand it too because we know all of you after after our riveting discussion during our main segment <laughs> are racing out to watch the apple dumpling gang
1: yeah, well, I'm glad we covered that for anybody like us who had absolutely no idea what uh, that joke meant. But how's about we move on now to
0: Save the Rec Center? Let's do it. Now it's time to Save the Rec Center, where we bring you our weekly recommendations. Seamus, you were teasing it earlier, but I just, I gotta know. This is the, This is the part I had to fast forward to, you know, to find out so quickly. Tell me, what do you have for your rec center this week?
1: Yes, yes, yes. A lot of the uh, racing game news that I was kind of talking around got me thinking about a game that I'm obsessed with right now. It was a PS Plus game at some point last year, one of the only PS5 games I claimed at the time before having one. But it's actually the only racing game that has ever held my attention for this long and has been maybe one of my favorite games that I've played so far on the PS5 is Wreckfest. It is a, I believe, originally a PC game that is... It's just the perfect mix of, like, weird, goofy cars and tracks. Like, enough things that it's not just, like, a NASCAR game where you go in a circle or a Gran Turismo game where everything is so realistic that it's almost impossible to play unless you're an expert. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I I do. But it's the perfect mix of, like realistic destruction physics on cars and like goofy weird fun stuff to play around with based in a lot of like destruction derby kind of rules and i've been having an absolute blast i will not buy gran turismo gran-, gran turismo anything no matter the number or whatever uh or cars or whatever that other one is that's just like super hyper realistic racing like ever again because this game just kind of hits the nail on the head and keeps it more fun than any other actual racing sim that i've ever played can keep it so i don't know if you ever claimed that one uh when it was up for free but i am highly recommending it garrett it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of fun especially if you have people to watch you play and just like have your car turned into a pancake it's
0: it's definitely a blast. I mean, if I could piggyback on you, uh, I've played this a couple times, and I think the thing that really gets me with Wreckfest, is the thing that makes it seeming so fitting to me for the PS5, is that as your car becomes less and less, uh, <laughs> like, functional, <laughs> it's re- it gets really hard to drive. And something oh, I really yeah. like is that they use the dynamic triggers and the haptics To really make you feel like you have to exert more pressure sometimes to keep going in the game, which I think that's really fun.
1: Yeah, your your triggers really start to feel like like strained engine feeling gas pedals, and you know your steer realistic damage on wheels and engine parts and structural things. It's just it's a lot of fun to really go go hard at it. But what do you got this week, Garrett? Lay it on me.
0: Well, Seamus. I, I bet you could have guessed last night, and especially from the fact that I, I was talking about it so much yesterday and that I haven't brought it up at all today during the show. <laughs> I know where this is going. Um, that if you, if you enjoyed the Apple Dumpling Gang, uh, a Disney 70s cowboy comedy starring Don Knotts, uh, have we got a show for you. It is 1978's Hot Lead and Cold Feet. Don Knotts is an inept sheriff this time, turning that on its head. It is a film where Jim Dale plays three different roles. Jim Dale, who's probably best known to American audiences as the guy who reads the Harry Potter audiobooks.
1: Oh hell yeah!
0: He was a pretty popular voice actor back in the day. He also narrated some of the Harry Potter video games, like the Chamber of Secrets video game. I remember being narrated by him. Oh no way! He plays three different roles. He plays <laughs> Eli Bloodshy, Jasper Bloodshy, um, and uh, another Bloodshy. He plays he, he plays his own twin brother and their dad, and <laughs> their That's funny. Their dad has faked his death, to make his boys come together and compete for, for his inheritance in this western town. And it has an absolutely stat cast, just like I was uh, mentioning at the top of Apple Dumpling Gang. Darren McGavin is the crooked mayor. Don Knotts, as previously mentioned, is the inept sheriff. John Williams, not that one, is the <laughs> butler of Jim Dale's, the elderly, the dad, Bloodshy. It's really... Like, I remember it being terrific. I had Apple Dumpling Gang and Hot, Lead, and Cold Feet on DVD always, like, stacked next to each other when I was a kid. Both from the library book sale. You oh, get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I get it. It's really good time. It's wild. It's Billy Bloodshy that I just remembered. It's Billy Bloodshy Blood Blood um, is the, the wild, the wild guy. I have no idea how good it is, kind of like the Apple Dumpling Gang in reality, but I definitely know if you enjoy the Apple Dumpling Gang, you will enjoy Hot, Lead, and Cold Feet.
1: Well, that sounds like a real treat. I, I would love to really dive into that with you. And it sounds to me like there is a little more of a tangible plot to hang on to, too. So that might be a, a nice little uh, d- distance between this and uh, Apple Dumpling Gang. So that sounds like I would really, really, really like it.
0: Weirdly, it is not available on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if that's like oh. a rights thing. I don't know if for some reason it isn't. I know that I recently actually bought it digitally because that's the only way it's available in high definition <laughs> and it was like it would have been like renting it for five dollars to watch once or buying it for like seven or eight dollars to own forever <laughs> so i was like i'm just gonna buy Hotland, Might as well obviously you'll watch that again with me for yeah sure. exactly exactly so you could probably rustle up a dvd of it somewhere would probably be the most effective way to do it some used media store or online it, it is a hoot it is don Knotts falls into some mud you know he doesn't steal <laughs> any ladders but damn i was gonna ask i would say this one's much more like if apple dumpling gang is a feat of physical comedy i would say the screenplay for hotland cold feet is like the, the real star like it, it's clever and funny also some of the trains that are used in the film are are used as decoration now around Big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland. Oh, that's really cool. That's really dope. That's what I got for hot lead and cold feet. Go check it out. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I definitely will with you, no doubt, actually. Oh, positive, positive. But I think that wraps us up for this week's episode of Pop Culture Reference. If you want to reach the show, you can find us at PCR underscore podcast on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can email us at popculturereferencepod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Wherever you're listening to this episode, give us a like, give us a rating, giving us a review or a subscription. All of that stuff really, really helps us out uh, here on the show. Next week, we are going to be covering, as previously mentioned, the first two Uncharted games in preparation for the upcoming Uncharted film coming out at the end of the month here. So uh, I'm really looking forward to talking about these games with you. I think we're probably going to talk about one of them more than the other. (laughs) I was going to say that too. (laughs) Um, Which is kind of why we paired them up this way. I think we're doing one and two, and then the week after we're doing three and four. Definitely, you know, there's a standout in each of those pairings. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I don't think there's a bad uncharted game. So I I, I wanna say that. I don't want anybody coming for us. Absolutely not. I I've always been a big fan, but
1: if somebody's offering me between playing the first game and the second game, there's yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get there in the next episode. Yeah.
0: So that'll be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Is that the first like official video game episode we've done, I think?
1: I mean, we did the Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah, that world, was so fun. I too, forgot about I that. I'm a fool. Yeah, that was a good one.
0: <laughs> You're good. This is the first, like,
1: triple A, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. bigger than a lovely Ubisoft pixel
0: brawler game. I think that wraps us up, though. See you next week, everybody.
1: Shout out Columbus, Ohio. Adios, amigos. Just no context on
0: that one, huh? Just shout oh, out no, Columbus, th- Ohio. They'll know.
1: They'll know. Columbus knows. Columbus always knows.